the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed, it is, and a good morning to you. At 11 minutes past 10 o'clock, a little late coming back because we're a little late getting out. An extended period with Congressman Jim Jordan. I feel like it was all worth it, and uh, if you disagree, um, you might want to listen again and see. And uh, that's my way of saying don't forget about the podcast page, which is at whkradio.com, among other great things to visit uh, at that website. Go to the local podcast section, look for the Bob France Authority, listen to hour number one of uh, this date, uh, the 27th morning of the first month of the year of our Lord 2020 and listen to Congressman Jim Jordan, a lot of important things to say about the ongoing impeachment trial of the President of the United States. All right, um, I'm going to go back to the phones here in a moment. If you're on hold, stay there. I'm coming to you, but um, I want to do this. Um, We often talk about the reason why the Second Amendment is so important in this country, because it is extraordinarily necessary to defending the first, right? Isn't that why they put it second? Uh, the First Amendment to the uh, Constitution of the United States guarantees us our freedom of speech, our freedom of expression, our freedom to assemble, our freedom to uh, practice religion as we see fit, etc. It is extraordinarily important, and the reason it was the First Amendment is because um, that's one of the things that we did not have under British rule. Under the monarchy, if you were critical of the monarchy, you could be thrown into prison. It was called oppression by suppression. They would oppress the people by suppressing their speech, among many other reasons, of course, for the Revolutionary War. War. I'm not going to get into all of that. My point is, it was one of the most important foundations of this constitutional republic, the freedom to speak, and yes, the freedom to even criticize our betters. And I use that in quotes, air quotes, if you will. It's radio, so i got to announce them. You can't see them. Our betters would be our elected officials. Sometimes our elected officials see themselves that way. They see themselves as being 
uh, better than you and me, the, the simple peons that they are supposed to represent. And i got to tell you, this is of great concern. This is a very important state. don't want to get into which states are more important than others. We are 50 states equal and strong. But the state of Virginia is in a very, very precarious place right now. You know that what Governor Blackface, Ralph Northam, remember, we don't know if he's a blackface or if he's the Klansman in the medical school yearbook photo. Somehow, someway, he has gotten away with telling the press and telling everyone that he doesn't remember which one he was. He says, I was one of them, but I don't remember which. It's one of the most astounding things ever. ever. But uh, Governor Northam and the newly elected Democrat legislature in the state of Virginia um, are, are essentially attacking and shredding the Constitution. The first target was the Second Amendment. Apparently so. They can then be free to go after the first with impunity, without fear of the people rising up. And I know that sounds a little bit, a little bit hyperbolic, but it isn't, and here's why. The free speech that we demanded when we cast off the British crown, when we declared our independence, when we fought that revolutionary war, is about to be stripped away from the people of Virginia. Make no mistake, this is tyranny. It is exactly what our forefathers warned us about. Quoting from Law Enforcement Today, The next step from Virginia to remove freedoms from law-abiding Americans is here. It's words. House Bill 1627 in the state of Virginia is the latest tyrannical bill introduced by Virginia delegate, delegate liberal delegate Jeffrey Bourne. The legislation, quote, provides that certain crimes relating to threats and harassment may be prosecuted in the city of Richmond if the victim of said harassment is governor, governor-elect, lieutenant governor, lieutenant governor-elect, attorney general or attorney general-elect, a member or employee of the General Assembly, a justice of the Supreme Court of Virginia, or a judge of the Court of Appeals of Virginia, end quote. What does all that mean? It means that we find ourselves, at least by the way of one state, if this were to be passed and sent to Governor Blackface's desk, he would sign it. It would be the beginning of a dystopian society in which people who criticize the government can be jailed. I want you to think about that. The language embedded in the proposed bill says, quote, if any person with the intent to coerce, intimidate, or harass any person shall use a computer or computer network to communicate obscene, vulgar, profane, lewd, lascivious, or indecent language, or make any suggestion or proposal of an obscene nature, or threaten any illegal or immoral act, he is guilty of a Class I misdemeanor, end quote. And who does the bill protect? I just read it to you. The governor, governor-elect, lieutenant governor, attorney general, attorney general-elect, uh, member of the employee or employee of the General Assembly, et cetera, et cetera. In other words, if you're a Virginia citizen and you're ticked off at your government, and you proclaim you are ticked off at your government, whether it be any one of those people or the General Assembly as a whole, you can be fined. 
you would be guilty of a misdemeanor and would be eligible to be fined. And as you know, if you don't pay your fine, you'd be eligible to be jailed. The question here is, who gets to define what the words obscene, vulgar, or harassment mean? Who gets to decide what intimidate intimidate means? Who gets to decide what coerce means? So in other words, if I put something on Facebook critical of a bill proposed by uh, a Virginia legislator, um, and and it, it, I demand that this bill be withdrawn and another one go in its place, that is my right as an American citizen, right? If I'm a Virginia resident, a Virginia citizen, I have a right to say, I don't like this, I want you to do that. Yes, of course I'm trying to coerce him. What does coerce mean? Convince, right? Trying to talk him into something to do better than what he's doing. Now, if I say something like, you suck, is that going to be determined to be harassment? Is that going to be determined to be intimidation? And is it? And if so, who is going to make that determination? Who's going to determine whether or not that crossed the barriers of, quote, obscene or vulgar or profane or lewdness or indecent language? Somebody is going to have to decide what decency means. They're going to appoint some bureaucrat in the Virginia government to, 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 to decide what the word decency means in language, to decide what constitutes harassment, to decide what constitutes intimidation. Hell, we, I just, last hour, I played to you some of Adam Schiff's response to President Trump's tweet about him paying a price, and he said that was an attempt to intimidate. So according to Virginia law, well, this proposed law, if somebody decides, and in this case it was Adam Schiff decided I was intimidated by that, Trump was trying to intimidate me, that is now against the law, or will be in the state of Virginia. Free speech will literally be gone. It will be removed from the Constitution for the people of Virginia. If you say those things or any of those words, we don't even know. if they are going to provide a list? I'm curious. Will they provide a list of words that are considered to be harassing? Will they provide a list of words that will be considered to be indecent? Will they provide a list of words that will be considered intimidating? So that people know how to speak properly when referring to the governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general, general assembly, Supreme Court of Virginia, or judge of the Court of, uh, Court of Appeals in Virginia. Are they going to tell us what speech we can use and which, what speech we can't? Apparently, they are. The governor and the leadership of the Democrats in Virginia have just declared war on law-abiding citizens and gun owners with their votes that confirmed where we're going, said the president of Virginia Citizens Defense League, Philip Van Cleve, following the peaceful rally um, uh, in uh, support of the Second Amendment. Now, those individuals who were at that rally saying things intended to convince Virginia's leadership, their uh, their elected officials, to back off of their ridiculous gun proposals, gun control proposals, that would be... All of those 20,000-plus people that were there would be guilty of trying to coerce a public official because they all showed up en masse and, and protested, by the way, weapons in hand, 
and protested. If this law were in place now, all of those people could be fined and threatened with jail for, quote, intimidation, harassment, and coercion because they went to speak to their government and to say, government, we do not abide by this. We will not allow this. The Second Amendment was first under attack in Virginia. Now the First Amendment is under attack. And if you think this thing dies in just one state, you're sadly mistaken. If this gets through one blue, liberal, progressive, tyrannical, oppressive state government like Virginia's, you don't think other blue, oppressive, tyrannical state governments will follow suit? Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five. Want to hear from you on AM fourteen twenty? The answer. Bob France here on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Ten thirty-five onward as we continue. AM fourteen twenty. The answer. We have got uh, open phone lines until eleven o'clock on what happened. <laughs> excuse me. Yesterday, the tragedy in California with the death of Kobe Bryant, his thirteen-year-old daughter, and seven others. That's one loaded helicopter, by the way. I don't. I know nothing about helicopters. Nothing at all. I don't know how big they can get. I don't know how many they're supposed to hold. I. I didn't know they. They came that big. I mean, I suppose they probably should know that. But I mean, just uh, that was surprising to me to know that there were nine people in that helicopter i'm assuming eight passengers and the pilot that would be my guess but um anyway that tragic story and uh the story that i told at the beginning of the show if you missed it um i think is worth telling and that is the story of kobe bryant's faith his catholic faith how important it is to him and how his faith allowed him to find forgiveness and redemption from his darkest times and uh how sad it is that so many people Online trolls and haters um, choose to remember somebody's worst day on their last day. And that's what happened yesterday, which kind of led to our kind of tribute to Kobe Bryant's faith and, of course, our incredible, uh, sincere condolences to um, his wife, Vanessa, their three surviving daughters, and, of course, the soul of uh, his 13-year-old daughter who perished with him in that terrible event. Uh, also, of course, the other terrible event going on in a very different kind of way, of course, politically speaking, the trial of the president in the United States Senate continues this morning with uh, the president's defense team continuing to destroy and tear apart eh, virtually everything that Adam Schiff had to say uh, last week for 20-plus hours. Uh, more phone calls, too, at 216-901-0945, Tim in Chesterland is up next. Hi, Tim. Go ahead. Good morning, Bob. Um, several years ago, uh, quite, a, quite a while ago, as a matter of fact, uh, the United States Supreme Court ruled that any law that does not agree with the United States Constitution is null and void and can be ignored. And uh, any state that tries to, to change uh, any of their constitutional uh, amendments needs to be ratified uh, by the, their state legislatures and also uh, for a state to change, it has to go through the uh, uh, United States uh, uh, and be ratified by all of the states. 
I don't know that. Uh, I'm not saying you're wrong. I just don't know that. I don't know, boy, uh, because, you know, their argument would be, look, we're not changing the First Amendment. We are clarifying certain things. Now, we all know that threats against public officials are against the law. But right. we're not just talking about threats here. If somebody says, I'll kill you, or I want, I want to take that guy out, or say, if there's a legitimate threat against a public official, you can be arrested for that, and there's no problem. Your free speech, our First Amendment, which I know you know, Tim, does not protect that. You can't threaten to kill or, or harm public officials. But when they lower the bar to harassment or coercion, trying to coerce. What does it mean to try to coerce somebody? It means trying to get somebody to change their mind uh, and, and, and arguing, debating, or whatever the case might be. So when you get into intimidate, harass, coerce, these are words that are very, very subjective, and anybody can decide what they mean for them. When you start doing that, I, I, I think we are in a place where, the free, where, the free, where free speech and, yes, the First Amendment are under attack. But I don't know that I've ever heard of an application or a clarification of free speech by a state to have to go through um, the Congress, the United States Congress, in order for a, a state legislature to pass something and have a governor sign it. I've just never heard of that before. Well, meaning that they, if they're planning on changing their constitution, they would have to, to, to go through the ratification process. Right. If they're changing, what, what do you mean, the state constitution of Virginia, or you mean the United yes. States Constitution? The, the, the state constitution. Okay. Um, yeah, um, they would have to go through the ratification process in their state, but I don't know that. Again, I'm I'm going to have to plead ignorance here. I don't know that the Congress of the United States gets to determine what is in a state's constitution. Right. When I believe when all of the states uh, read, uh, created their constitutions, they were written in strict accordance with the United States Constitution, and they had to be approved. Which would make by sense. Yeah, yeah, which would which absolutely makes sense, but I, I, right. I, but again, I've just and and maybe maybe it's a dated thing, and maybe that's something we need to to look at, you know, and and apply modern times to it. But I, I just don't know, you know, maybe there should be, you right. know what I mean? Maybe maybe there should be, or maybe it's something that you just leave up to the people of Virginia. The people of Virginia voted this democratic um, uh, government into power. If the government then takes speech away from the citizens of Virginia, they do so at their own peril, because maybe the next time next go around, every one of them is voted out of office and they go back and change this thing. So maybe right. maybe that's right. the remedy. I, I, I would be very cautious, because I know I would not want the entire United States Constitution, or excuse me, Congress. I wouldn't want the United States Congress. I wouldn't want Chuck Schumer in New York or Nancy Pelosi in California to have a say in what is done and how my state here in Ohio is governed. It's bad enough that they're doing things to the country. I would right. hope they don't get to have a say in, in, in what we decide here in the state of Ohio. Right. Next time you have Pete on or one of the other uh, legal authorities, they could maybe perhaps you could check with them about that. And that see might, what they have yeah. To say. That might be a good idea, Tim, and he'll be on tomorrow. Peter Kersenow will be on tomorrow. I'll see if, and knowing me and my ADHD, I probably won't remember that, but I'll, uh, I'll do my best. Make a note of that if you could, Marcy. Uh, then maybe we should ask Pete about that. Does the, uh, <laughs> excuse me, does the United States Congress have to ratify something that Virginia might pass that, um, essentially amends the U.S. Constitution for the purposes of the state of Virginia? Because that's what it does. That's, you know, it, it does. It changes the First Amendment. Um, and tells people you don't have free speech because if somebody decides your speech is harassing, look, you know what? I might already have my answer. It just, just occurred to me that it, I was about to say to you that it reminds me of what New York just did this at the end of this past year. 
New York just made it illegal for people to say um, illegal alien. The term illegal alien is now uh, by local ordinance or by statewide law, I guess it is. It's not just New i, I got to double-check on this. Is it New York City or is it statewide? It's either a city ordinance or it's statewide New York. That if you say the words illegal alien, <laughs> excuse me, in a public place and somebody reports you, you can be fined. And again, we know what happens if you don't pay, pay fines. Eventually, you could be jailed. So that's why I kind of refer to it. You can be thrown in jail for speech. Because illegal alien has been determined by some to be offensive, has been determined by some to be harassment, has been determined by some to be uh, threatening or intimidating. So therefore, they've passed that law. You can't say illegal alien. And then worse, you also can't threaten to call ICE if you're in the presence of uh, ethnic minorities, particularly people of, of, uh, uh, of uh, Hispanic uh, origin. If you are around Latinas or Latinos and you talk about ICE and calling ICE, that's that's threatening, that's intimidating, that's harassing, that's offensive. That'll be a fine of $250, please. If you don't pay it, we'll lock you up. So free speech has already been changed either in New York City or New York State. I need somebody to check that for me. Um, uh, it is just the city of New York. Thank you, Andrew. That's what I wanted to because I could not recall that. So in the city of New York, it's not a state law now, so that kind of changes the conversation I just had with our caller. But in New York City, um, there you go. Free speech has already been removed. You can't say words that you may want to say because they have decided that's offensive to them, and that's the danger. That's why I presented the story the way I did at the beginning. And I went back to the British, excuse me, <laughs> I went back to the time when we suffered under British oppression, when the uh, colony suffered under British tyranny, when if you criticized the king, if you criticized the crown, your betters, you could be locked up. You could be thrown into dungeons or, or prisons or whatever. It's one of the things that we did. One of the reasons why we fought, one of the reasons why declared our, we declared our independence, and we decided to make ourselves a constitutional republic in which case, in, you know, in a place in which anybody could, could condemn, criticize, insult, speak out against anybody else, including the government, without fear of being prosecuted or going to jail or paying fines. That, I mean, this is a big deal. What That story in Virginia, do not overlook it it is extraordinarily important because we are literally talking about the first amendment to the constitution and we know that that nation or nation excuse me we know that that state virginia under governor blackface is already attacking the second amendment now obviously going after the first all right let me get our final time out here so we can come back i want to take more phone calls at 216-901-0945-888-281-1110 and i also have some more audio for you from the sunday talk shows yesterday in advance of this morning's um renewal or continuation of uh the president's defense in the united states senate trial the impeachment trial of president trump back after this Now heard through downtown, through Greater Cleveland, on 102.5 FM. It's the Bob France Authority. Final segment underway now at 1048. 
take you until 11 o'clock, and then, of course, you're going to get Mike Gallagher. Then you're going to get some Dennis Prager. Then you're going to get Dr. G. Sebastian Gorka. You're going to follow that up with Jay Seculo Live. By the way, Jay Seculo, just credit to Jay Seculo. Kudos and can you dig it's all around to Jay and to Pat Cipollone and the rest of the uh, president's legal defense team, Alan Dershowitz and others who are just... Um, doing a phenomenal job. We've only heard from a few of them thus far, and that was in a two-hour presentation on Saturday morning with the president's legal defense team just shredding the uh, innuendo, the presumptions, the assumptions, the opinions, the cherry-picked, out-of-context quotes, all presented by uh, the Democrat uh, managers, the uh, House managers in this ridiculous prosecution. All of this went on that way uh, for three days last week in just two hours on Saturday morning. Uh, the president's defense team just shredded them, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. In fact, let's go there now. By the way, then Larry Elder, of course, just to finish the, the uh, lineup. I want to share this with you. Speaking of the uh, Democrat House managers who continue this nonsense, one of the House managers, Zoe Lofgren, was on CNN yesterday. And once again, CNN is just as invested in the removal of the President of the United States as the Democrat House managers are, as the DNC is. They literally are working hand-in-hand to remove the President uh, from office and to make sure that you are disenfranchised. Because that's what would happen. We're 10 months away from an election. They remove the president from office. You don't get your chance to choose whether or not you want to vote for President Trump again. They want to disenfranchise you. But one of the impeachment managers, Zoe Lofgren, was on CNN admitting, admitting something that the president's defense team has been saying. Congresswoman, you, you told senators this week, quote, don't surrender to the president's stonewalling, unquote. Right. But what do you say to those who say that's what exactly what the House Democrats did by not going to court to try to force subpoenas and force witnesses. We did go to court, as you know. Um, but you didn't pursue it in court. You ultimately, ultimately withdrew the cases and we went We realized to we had the evidence we were going to get uh, and that it was sufficient uh, to prove our case. But didn't you surrender to the president stonewalling in that well, sense? In the, I guess in that sense we did, because if we had waited for three or four years, the election would be over. Uh, the, the issue would be almost moot. If he is uh, committing a high crime and misdemeanor now and continuing to do it, uh, we need to act. Now, um, the the McGahn um, subpoena, we subpoenaed him last April, and we're not going to get an answer on that probably until next year. So Zoe Lofgren admitted to Tapper on CNN that we chose... We made a decision not to subpoena other witnesses from the president's executive team because we had all of the information we would need. She said it. We felt we had enough information and to, to try to subpoena them and then have those executive privilege cases argued in courts for a period of time, which could have been weeks, could have been months. I don't know if she misspoke when she said three or four years. But at any rate, um, she said we decided we didn't need to wait for that. We could go forward. So they made the conscious decision to go forth, to write the articles of impeachment, to vote on the articles of impeachment, and then to send the articles of impeachment to the United States Senate for trial. They made that decision themselves, minus the testimony of Bolton, minus the testimony of McGahn, minus the testimony of um, Mulvaney. 
because they knew they couldn't get it because the president would rightly declare executive privilege, then it would be decided by the courts. So they had a choice. Present the case without all of that testimony because we still think it's good enough to convict or wait and and run this through the courts. They said, let's go. We have enough to convict. Then they arrive in the Senate and say, hey, we don't have enough to convict the president here and remove him. So we need more time. Let's call new witnesses. Now we'll subpoena. Now we'll declare we need more documents. Now we'll do new discovery. Now we'll get new evidence. The evidence we have isn't sufficient. So that's the conundrum here. And, and, and that's the part that should have every, have every American scratching their heads and saying, wait a minute. You are asking the United States Senate to vote to remove this man from office because you say you have the evidence uh, in your articles of impeachment. You say the evidence, this is the key, listen to this. You say, Democrat House managers, that the evidence against Donald Trump is A, overwhelming, and B, undisputed. This is what they said coming into this trial and then for the three days of their presentation. It's incontrovertible, they said. It is undisputed, and it's overwhelming. That means there is no need for another witness. There is no need for John Bolton. There is no need for Don McGahn or or for Mick Mulvaney or anybody else. There's no need for new documents because you declared it to be overwhelming and undisputed. Now, number one, it's not overwhelming. It's the thinnest, most pathetic pair of articles in the history of the country. Obstruction of Congress and abuse of power. It's, It's ridiculous. There's no crime. That's number one, it is not overwhelming, and number two, it is most certainly in dispute. As just for two hours on Saturday morning, the the president's uh, defense team proved it is very much disputed. How can you declare it to be incontrovertible and undisputed? So that's the, the, the most important thing is here. You declared it to be a slam-dunk case against the president, and then in the next breath you're saying, wait, if we don't get more evidence and if we don't get more witnesses, then we don't have enough evidence, and he will be acquitted, and it will be a cover-up. Ponder that, please. Make sense of that. In your deep, in the deepest recesses of your, of your brain, you cannot find a way to make sense of those two things, which is why Lindsey Graham took to the uh, uh, Sunday shows yesterday, speaking with Maria Bartiromo on Fox News Futures, and pointed out kind of what I've been saying. Those two hours on Saturday morning just made mincemeat of the 24 hours plus or whatever it was of Adam Schiff's lies and innuendos. So what happened yesterday? In two hours, the Senate, uh, the president's defense team destroyed the narrative created in 21 hours regarding process and substance. Let's talk about process and substance. Why the process? Tell me that. Well, so the House managers told us on the floor of the United States Senate that President Trump got a better deal from the House than Nixon or Clinton. And here's what the response was. Not so. They impeached the president in 78 days, President Trump. Imagine 78 days to remove the president of the United States from office 
nullify the 2016 election, take him off the ballot in 2020. Do you think 78 days is proper consideration of something this grave? 71 of the 78 days, the president was denied the ability to call witnesses on his behalf, cross-examine witnesses, present evidence. So the Nixon impeachment lasted for years. He went to the Supreme Court. The Clinton investigation lasted for four and a half years. So the defense was able to tell the Senate that all the due process given Nixon and Clinton did not exist with Trump. And they made the most stunning of all arguments. They impeached the President of the United States in 78 days. Why? Because they wanted to get it over by Christmas. Why didn't they pursue witnesses in the House? That would require, require court action that would delay their goal of impeaching him before the election. Mm. I think that's devastating to the House managers. It okay. is devastating to the House managers, which is why they are now desperately clinging to last night's quote-unquote bombshell. The New York Times um, alleging that they have seen or they have spoken to sources that have seen the manuscript, the advanced manuscript of John Bolton's forthcoming book, one in which Bolton will claim that Trump did want quid pro quo, holding up of the $391 billion in aid until an investigation into Joe and Hunter Biden was begun. That is why this is their latest desperate attempt. Oh, this is new information. This is a game changer. We demand to have witnesses and new documents. I'm going to say this about as directly as I can. You screwed the pooch. Okay? Democrats, Nancy, you, Nadler Schiff, you screwed the pooch here. You are the ones who insisted you were ready to go. You insisted on voting on those articles of impeachment without testimony from Bolton or anybody else or the legal fight to get it and said, let's roll. Guess what? Now that the Senate trial has begun, you don't get to be, you don't get to uh, begin conducting new discovery. You don't get a second bite of the apple. You either are ready and can convict the president on the evidence you have, or you're not. And if you think not, then you shouldn't have voted to send those articles of impeachment to the, the, the Senate. You had your little signing ceremony. You all got your little participation trophies. You got your little Nancy Pelosi monogram pens. You smiled, cheese, and you shared this wonderful moment that is also very solemn and very sad with the, with the American public and said, we're ready to go remove the president. You don't get to stop and say, can we have a do-over? We want a do-over. We weren't as ready with the evidence that, that we, as we thought we were. We need more. We need new witnesses. We get a do-over now. It doesn't work that way. Demon rats, you made this bed. You will lose in it. So you might as well get comfortable. That's all the time I've got for you today. But I know there's a lot more news that you want to hear about, so stay here. Mike Gallagher will have it for you. Great discussion with Gallagher and Prager and Dr. G after that. Stay here on AM 1420, The Answer, and we'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.